0: This is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Welcome to the Not Lukewarm Podcast with Deanna Bartolini, an author, speaker, and retreat leader who wants you to know your faith and live
1: not lukewarm.
0: Hello, everyone. It's Deanna Bartolini with the Not Lukewarm Podcast, and I am very excited to have with me today an author and a speaker, Mary Lenneberg. Mary has just recently released a new book, Be Bold in the Broken. Mary, welcome.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Deanna. It's a pleasure to be with you.
0: So uh, I love to ask authors how they came to write their book.
1: Oh, gosh. (laughs) Uh, A lifetime of making mistakes uh, would be how this one was written. Um, I have two books that I've written. One, my first book was out two years ago called Be Brave and the Scared. And that really was kind of a journey um, of my marriage and, and being a special needs mom. And it's a very different book than this one. And this one, Be Bold and the Broken, it really answers the question I get asked most when I go and travel and speak at retreats and conferences and things. And that is, you know, who am I and why am I here? You know, what, what am I here for? So uh, it was my sort of answer to that question. And it really is kind of a prequel really to the other book. Um, it, it just kind of explores my journey of letting go of the masks that I kept putting on Um, letting God heal the places that needed to be healed, Uh, getting humble and figuring out who I am in God and who God is in me. And he created a very bold and brash woman who loves to encourage and has the door open at all times and a seat at the table for whoever he brings me. And um, I just finally figured out that it was okay to be that all the time, instead of trying to hide who I was and trying to fit in and change so um, that's, yeah, how did I come to write the book? I made a lot of mistakes, which I share in the book. And, um, you know, I'm a dyslexic, the book is a miracle. That's what I say every time.
0: Wow, wow, that's amazing. And you know, it's interesting, right? How do I stop fitting in and be the person that God calls me to be? Which is interesting, you said that's a question people often ask you, so who am I and what am I supposed to be doing? Because that's the sh- the short answer is you're supposed to be who God calls you to be, correct. But it's a long. Correct. Answer yeah, it. I mean,
1: and and you've had we've had people tell us our whole lives who we are, right? We've had, we've had our parents tell us who we are. We've had our teachers tell us who we are. We've had boyfriends, girlfriends tell us who we are. We've had grandparents, neighbors, you know, everybody tells us who we are. And so we try to fit in, which means changing ourselves to kind of be okay for somebody else. And God doesn't want us to change ourselves. He wants us, he wants us to be unique and unrepeatable, which is how he made us to be. You and I may do some similar things in our life, but you do it the way you do it. And I do it the way I do it. And our voices are different and our mannerisms are different. And I love a great statement earring. You might love a great shoe. You know, it's just, it's how we bring our unique and unrepeatable voices to the table to do the work of the kingdom. And we need not be ashamed of that voice.
0: It is so true. We are each unique and unrepeatable and as women especially that can sometimes freak people out i think right like a little too unique could you just tone it down a bit don't be too excited um i once worked with with a, a man he was my boss and he uh would be like well you know the, the, the ladies are getting very excited. And one day I said, you know, it's like if they have a pulse above 70, you're a little uncomfortable. I said, we, we got to, we can be excited. He would always say, well, do you have to be excited? <laughs> you know?
1: Yes. Yes, we do. Because God made us excited. Absolutely. I've always been told my whole life I was too much you're too much, Mary. You need to calm down. You're too much, Mary. You need to stop talking. You're too much, Mary. Um, you're just too intense. Your emotions are too intense. Your your actions are too intense. Um, and I just I felt like I had to be quiet and meek, and I was really bad at that. Um, I married a man who is an introvert. He is really good at that. He loves being quiet. He loves being contemplative. He loves you know his his alone time. I love people, I love encouraging people, I love entertaining people, I love sitting in the corner of a conference hall, seeing a woman who is broken and worried and concerned about her future and pouring love into her in the five minutes that I get to do that. You know, my husband wouldn't step up and do that because he wouldn't know her, he would get nervous, he would be like, I don't know what to say. And for me, that's just an invitation to love them right where they are and love them as God has loved them. And so it's funny because Jerry will look at me and he'll be like, wow, you're having a good day. You're excited today. He doesn't hold me back in that, which is how I know he was the guy for me. You know, he would, he would get excited that I was excited. He didn't have to get excited. I was excited enough for both of us. So, you know, it's just, that's part of my personality, but everybody has a different personality and we all have a different call in this life. You know, some of us are called to serve quietly and to just do this hard work of raising the kingdom behind the scenes some of us are called to step out center stage and take all the heat right to take all the the compliments and the shards that hurt us um, to build the kingdom and most people are somewhere in between and so it's just this book is an idea of be who god meant you to be and if you don't know who that is then you've got to start with a relationship with god you've got to start in that conversation and ask him, God, who who am I? Who do you see when you look at me? And I'm telling you, over time, he's going to tell you. And then get ready because then he's going to ask you to do some work.
0: Well, that's true because whenever, whenever God provides you with an answer, then there is definitely a push to do the next thing, right? He doesn't Amen. give you all the gifts to keep them; he gives them to you to share. Um, so, as you were saying, you know, be who God meant you to be. I was reminded of one of my favorite quotes from one of my favorite saints, which I'm sure you know, Catherine of Siena, be who God meant you to be and you will set the world on fire. And as I was reading your book, I I read it, lucky me, I was reading it outside on my patio a couple of weeks ago um, when it was cool. Now it's already getting kind of hot here. But anyway, um, the chapters that really spoke to me is really the courage to surrender um, just listening well reading that and, and as you were talking saying how you know your purpose is to to encourage people and I think when I picked up the book I just felt like we were just sitting having a cup of coffee I mean obviously we weren't together <laughs> but I wish uh, but no <laughs> right that that idea that this is not a, huge theological discourse but rather it's the story of you and how people can look and say oh wow like this is a woman who's gone through a lot and yet is coming out with a deep deep love of God and a deep sense of who she is um, and how she can serve him which I think often is what we miss right
1: well, yeah, it's in the how we can serve him, right? If we if we come into knowing who we are, a lot of the times, especially women, we'll overthink it and we'll get stuck and we'll think, oh, but maybe I should do this. But if we do the woulda, coulda, shouldas, and then, then then the maybe, you know, it's kind of like this long drawn out process of maybe, maybe, should I, could I, would I, what do I do? Instead of just taking the next step that needs to be taken, I didn't, you know, come to this place of having written two books and travel to speak and all these things I never saw myself doing. You know, I was a stay at home mom for 22 years of a special needs child. And, and then I had to let that child go, you know, I had to surrender her back to God. And, and then I had to look at my life and go, okay, Lord, uh, I knew what I was doing. I was pretty good at it, you know, for those 22 years. And now you've taken my job sort of fired me from being Courtney's mom. So, you know, what do I do now? And there was there was a time of great kind of confusion and some wrestling with the Lord. And I think we all go through that in, in seasons in our life, right? There's, there's wrestling that happens when we're young and should I get married, should I not get married? Should I choose a different vocation? And then when, if we do get married, uh, children, no children, you know, where is the Lord leading me with that? Jobs, you know, I mean, just pick a season and and that wrestling happens. And so for me, over the course of the last six years, I had to kind of let go. I had to let go and surrender my old life in order to walk into this new place that God has me. Um, And it's not perfect. and And it doesn't go smoothly all the time. Nothing in life does. But this idea of constant surrender, you know, and a constant surrender of expectation of what other people expect of me. Um, of what I expect of myself, Um, acceptance of where I am, you know, as much as I would love my daughter to still be with us, that's not what God's plan was. And here's my son getting married in a few months, and I have to now let go of him, which almost feels a little harder, because he's still here and I can see him but He's now going to be walking into this new life as he should. And the Lord is calling him to, but it's another surrender for me as a wife and as a mother. So um, it happens again and again and again. And I think, does it get easier? No, it's just different. It's a different surrender. It's not some of them I fight more than the others. But um, yeah, it's, it's just a season that keeps happening again and again and will until we're with him you know he's going to ask us to surrender a lot of things sleep as a young mom you know our physical aches and pains as we get older he's going to ask us to surrender a job or or you know a house or some idea of what we thought should be and he's going to ask us to trust him trust him with our futures trust him with our to to redeem our past and and to bring us to where he needs us to be
0: i think that that i the notion of surrender it's, it's not a one and done. And that's, that's the problem, right? It's, yeah, it's a huge problem <laughs> because if it were one and done, we probably would all be a lot better at it. Right. Because, it, but it is constant surrender. And I loved what you just said about expectations, not only the expectations, um, for yourself, but for other people, because, uh, That is often where you get really, or at least where I get very much tripped up is I have an expectation of other people. And it's like, all right, just stop. Like you're not in charge of them, you know? Um, And it is interesting when you have children, I can remember uh, my husband and I had our children before any of our brothers and sisters did. And so one day his brother said, so this gets easier, right? And my husband was like, "What am I going to tell him?" And I said, "Well, you can't lie to him, you know." <laughs> um, and it's not that it gets easier; it gets different. It's just every season is different, and so the surrender is the same way. You're not always surrendering the same things. Um, sometimes you're surrendering someone, like when you surrendered your daughter. Um, and in a sense, when we when our children marry, we surrender as well, right? We surrender them to their spouse. Um, and again, it's slightly harder to be the mother of a son in those situations than a mother of a daughter. Um, and I say that from personal experience. <laughs> um, but it's a beautiful thing, because he's going to his new life, right? And so when I, when I looked in your book, I'm not going to ask you what you wrote exactly. I'm going to tell you what you wrote that struck me, all right? I'm not going to, because nobody knows every single word they wrote. Um, And I so
1: appreciate that. You have no idea. So um,
0: It's this idea that we have to step boldly into the life he meant for you. He meaning God and you alone and stop looking over the fence at what Sally has or who Maggie is and look into the mirror there. You will see who God is in you and understand that you are also in him and meet him one day at a time. And for a lot of people that one day at a time is a really big sticking point, right? It's like, how many times
1: have you said? Because you, you just one day at a time, that's 24 hours. And for some people, 15 minutes is hard. For others, you know, half a day is hard. For others, two weeks is hard. You know, it just, our lives are so uniquely individual And our experiences are so, um, I mean, I have seven siblings, right? I grew up in a house with eight people, plus my parents. There are 10 of us. And if you were to ask one of us about a certain Easter dinner or a Thanksgiving memory, you would have a completely different answer from all eight children. And we were all at the same table because what we see around us is hard. So to ask someone, as I, as I wrote in the book, to, to look into the mirror and see who God sees, for a woman to look into the mirror, that's terrifying. Because what I see as a 53-year-old woman is not the woman I saw at 23, that's for darn sure. I mean, my body speaks of my life, of the good parts of my life and the not so good parts of my life. And so it's kind of this honest self-awareness and self-assessment that, you know, yes, there are good things in me, but there are also things I need to surrender and I need to work on with God. You know, there needs to be more humility. Um, What is it that John the Baptist said, you know, less of me and more of God, you know, less of me and more you. And it's a lifetime of less of me and more of you. And so what we have to do is we have to receive. That's the other part of this that we don't easily do, especially as women is receive his love and his mercy and his grace, because we feel unworthy of it. We are not enough. Right. And so our pride gets in the way we go to confession. We say something, the priest gives us absolution, We walk out, God's forgiven us, but we're still beating ourselves up with it. You know, we're, we're, um, taking our emotions and weaponizing them against ourselves. And we do the same with our bodies. We look in the mirror and we see, you know, I'm an apple shape. I just look like a cake pop, you know, and I get, everybody's like, oh, you're an apple shape. No, I prefer cake pop. That's more my personality. So, you know, I'm just, I'm round, I'm round. And I remember once asking my husband, you know, this is not the individual you married. And he was so kind and so gentle at this point. We had been through so much in our marriage and God had healed so much. And he looked at me and he said, Mary, you are all soft edges. You are a safe place to be. He goes, I don't, I, you know, that's who God made for me, a safe place to be. And I thought, okay, I was made for him. He was made for me. His arms are strong. His body is strong. That's who I need, right, as my spouse. And so, to look at yourself in that way, to be self-aware that your body speaks a story, that your heart speaks a story that God is still writing, that he is not done with it until we stand at the gates and we get to bring all that we have learned and all that we have loved home to him.
0: That is one of the things that I love about being Catholic is that we, we truly believe that our whole life is a transformation and moments of conversion and grace and just constantly turning toward him and more and more to being who he wants us to be and who he calls us to be. And, you know, just as your, your husband was so gentle and so loving, that's how God is. And sometimes I think we are so afraid to show God
1: our yuck. Like, <laughs> and there's a lot of yuck and God knows it though. But see, that's that's exactly right. We think we're hiding it from him. And he's standing there going, "Um, spoiler alert, I know it all. I see it all. Why are you holding on to that? You know, why aren't you giving that to me? I, you know, here we are. um, Easter is soon to come. We are getting ready to walk through the passion of the Lord. Like he walked that walk for us. He fell three times and he got up again and again and again to show us the way, to show us how to suffer, to show us how to surrender. And by the time he got to Golgotha, by the time he was nailed to that cross, he had, he was fully open. He he was not protective of any part of his body, of any part of his heart. He was raw. He was there and he was bleeding for me. You know, he was, he took those lashes for me. So who am I to look in the mirror and say, that wasn't enough, Lord, you dying on the cross for me wasn't enough. I mean, think about that for a second. What an insult to him and his offering of love. And it took me time to come to that place because I had to, my pride. I had I had to break it down. You know, you just it was it, it was one experience after another of falling on my face. And every time I got up, I was like, geez, I have to do this again. And I stink as a human being. And I I just can't do this, Lord. And that's the whole point. He's waiting for you at the end of yourself. And he's like, I know you can't do this yourself. Are you ready now? Would you like to walk with me? Because I'm, I'm ready. I'm here. I'm faithful. I'm true. I've never left you. I'm within you at all times because I created you in my image and likeness. So how about you stop relying on yourself and you rely on me and the gift of my love for you and the gift of my life for you so that we can walk together in peace and you can find this joy that everybody keeps talking about, but nobody knows how to get. And that is simply to follow him and surrender your life to him. And it took me decades to do it. But once I got there, the challenge now is to remain there, right? I'm still surrendering. I'm still working on it. I am a work in progress as is everybody else who is living and breathing and walking in this world. And so it's, it's, it will never end until we're with him.
0: Absolutely true. And that I think the, the image of Jesus, Jesus died for you. And, and oftentimes we think Jesus died for everyone. Well, yes, that is true, but he died for you as an individual. You know, um, and it often takes us a long time to hold on to that and remember that and live in that, because once you do, it's like you said, then the surrender, because you think about what Jesus did for me, for, you know, as an individual, well, I have to, I can trust him. I can trust. And just that constant walking with him. Um, it really is, as I, as I read through your book, I, I laughed a lot, not going to lie, um,
1: I'm glad Someone. you're supposed to that, that then it did, then it did, I did my job. Good. There you go. Because, you know, in order to talk about really hard things, I have found it's easier to do it with levity. Like if I can lead you to that hard place and you're like getting emotional and you're thinking, oh gosh, I don't want to go there. And then sort of all of a sudden you find yourself laughing. Then when I take you back there, you're okay. Right. And it's just, you know, it's a gift to be able to do that for people because I think we would, we would avoid it at all costs if there was no place of respite.
0: Yes, I agree. I agree. I think sometimes um, everyone often thinks that following Jesus is super serious. And while it is very important, I don't know that it has to be totally serious at every given moment of your life. I really don't. So I appreciated that a lot in the book. So the other thing I appreciated uh, very much so is your honesty and your vulnerability. And that comes through when you're speaking as well, which again, you know the the world needs people who are real and who are willing to be honest because then we are truly witnesses not just preaching
1: yeah i'm not a good preacher a good preacher god didn't make me to preach um you know a lot of people are like uh mary you're so wise well one becomes wise by making every mistake under the sun and learning how not to do things so i i accept that when people call me wise i'm like yes yes i am wise and how did i get here by doing everything wrong you know by really fighting god it was it was like Jacob in the Bible you know he's fighting the angel and then the next morning he wakes up and he's got this hitch in his step for the rest of his life like I got a hitch in my step right I've got a couple of hitches and it's just it's so much easier I have learned as I've gotten older to surrender that and let God carry it than it is for me to fight it I only have time to be Mary I cannot be Mary on Instagram Mary on Facebook Mary at church, Mary in my neighborhood, Mary in my house. I, I, I just cannot, I do not have the intellectual, emotional uh, capacity to be that. And so I made a decision, you know, as you read in the book, there are many decision points that I came to in my junior high years in my adult years where I decided this is, I am who I am. And if I am not your people, that is okay because your people are out there. I'm somebody else's people and I'm okay being somebody else's people. You know, I think you're missing out on a really good time and we're gonna have some fun and, you know, I'll show you how to wear a great statement earring, but I'm, I'm, I'm not everybody's cup of tea, right? Um, and that's okay. And I have to be okay with that. That's the whole point of being able to meet each other where we are with honesty and authenticity and the knowledge that not only am I fighting a war, but so are you. And our wars might have different battlefields, but we're still in the same war. And that's to get all of us to heaven, right? That's to to preach the gospel with our life. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. Because nobody, the world doesn't need more people talking. It needs more people living and doing and being the gospel to other people. Right. That's, and I think this book be bold in the broken. Um, I mean, it speaks to me personally, cause I'm pretty broken and pretty bold. Um, I'm definitely one of those people whose pulse is above 70 usually.
1: Um, and Thank God is so excited. And he delights in that. He delights in that because that's how he created you.
0: But the uh, the whole premise of, of just coming to know who you are so you can really be who God calls us to be. And it's a good thing that we're not all the same because the world would be seriously boring if Amen we were not the same. Um, and I think that's a really important thing to, to realize. Um, we're almost out of time. Any last things you want to leave us with? About the book, about
1: your life. I just want people to be encouraged. You know, the title "Be Bold in the Broken" can sometimes be intimidating. They're like, "I don't want to be bold in my brokenness." Be bold in the broken is to be is to be bold in the healing. It's to be bold in the redemption. It's to be bold in on the other side of the walking of brokenness, right? So that's what that means. It means that you know we are God is going to ask us to um, serve in all of those places that we have been broken previously. That's how he does it. You know, he, he broke me in a way that I needed to be broken in order to see him in his true light, right? And to see the capacity that I have to love and the capacity that he has to love me. And then he said, okay, Mary, now I want you to go tell other people about it. So I end up talking about all the things that were incredibly painful to walk through. But yet there's other people that still haven't surrendered and they still haven't had that moment with the Lord. And maybe by me sharing my moment, they're going to go, oh, I'm not alone. Oh, I can do this. Oh, gosh, if Mary survived it and she's typical, you know, she's not a celebrity. She's not somebody that's, you know, living a very different life than me. She could be living down the street from me. Well, if she can do it, I can do it. And that's what I really hope this book does for people is that it opens up the door to where they have stuffed all the broken pieces so that they can let the divine healer in and they can let, let, him fix it because God can't fix what he doesn't have. And so that they can be bold in that moment of brokenness and trust him to make it all well.
0: It's amazing. And I think it's a message people, I hope realize they need. And I certainly um, encourage everyone to go ahead and to read this book and to really take a look at where, is, where are the broken places that we need to ask God to come into. And again, and once we're healed of them, we can use them to help other people because people are lonely. They, are, they feel very much alone. And especially now, we've had this ridiculously crazy year of isolation, and I think it's only been made worse. And so uh, this idea of sharing your journey so people can learn and grow from it, that really is what Christianity is about, isn't it?
1: Um, It is. Evangelization 101.
0: That's it. That's it. That's what we're here for. So um, have you thought of a not lukewarm challenge?
1: I have. I have. So- Um, I love that. I love this challenge. And as I was speaking, I was kind of praying to the Holy Spirit, like, okay, I need you to reveal this one for me. I think here we are in this time of, of hopefully coming out of this crazy pandemic and all that it has done to isolate, as you said, to isolate us even further. So my challenge is this open the door and invite somebody in. I think because we have spent a year being so afraid of one another, and of something that is outside of ourselves that we can't control, that there are women and men who used to be quite hospitable and are now afraid to to do that again. They're afraid to open their door. They're afraid to ask somebody in. And so maybe it's on your front porch. Maybe it's in your driveway. Maybe it's in the parking lot of the grocery store. Maybe it's at your church uh, parish if you're able to go back to mass. Um, wherever it is, open the door to your heart and let somebody in. Be a safe place for them to land. Um, I think that's going to be incredibly challenging as as our world begins to open up again and we try to get back to some semblance of what we think is normal. Um, so that is, I think, in the opening of that door, it's a bold move. There's nothing lukewarm about that. To ask somebody in uh, to your life and to sit at your table. Um, especially when we've, like I said, spent the year being terrified of one another.
0: That's an awesome, not lukewarm challenge. And um, I hope people really take it to heart and try it out. So Mary, thank you very, very much for spending this time with us. And hopefully we'll have you back when you write another book. Um, And I will drop all of uh, Mary's social media links in the show notes, as well as where you can purchase the book. And I hope you will truly take advantage of that so that you too can really allow God in and, and to heal those broken spaces. So thank you very much.
1: Thanks so much for having me. Oh my gosh, such a delight.